is bland, boring food. Just no. chicken broth. She said- I'm just well, judging by his music. Yeah. Oh, come <laughs> on. This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with Milwaukee Magazine's food and dining critic Ann Christensen and little old me, Tariq, a.k.a. You didn't call architect. me effervescent this week, Tariq. Oh, because I'm doing because, something special. You didn't even give me yeah. a chance to do something special. Oh, sorry, sorry. Because it's International Women's Day, and I want to mm-hmm. honor you as uh, one of the probably foremost food critics in the Midwest. So happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And on this edition of This Bites, you want to kick it off and honor International Women's Day with a story you wrote about an amazing pastry chef who has an amazing job. We'll get into that later. That's in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine. But also, we're going to talk about the upcoming new Raw Bar, the last uh, restaurant taking over the last spot at the Food Hall Crossroad Collective. And then both our favorite Mexican joint is moving to big spaces. We're going to get into that. Uh, Also, Chard has a new uh, kind of dinner menu on Sundays. And then Pie Day. Pie Day is coming up March 14th. And then finally, we're going to round it off with a special fermentation dinner. So let's kick it off on International Women's Day with a a very talented, very um, unique pastry chef. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about her. You know what's also interesting about her? She operates kind of under the radar like I do. So I kind of, I like that. Mm -hmm. Because unless you're a musician coming into one of the theaters run by the Pabst Theater Mm -hmm. Group, so Riverside, Pabst Theater, and sometimes, you know, Turner Hall, uh, you'll never have her pastries because yeah. that she just caters so specifically to these. You brought musicians. up Pap Theater Riverside. Yeah. So who is this mysterious, okay. amazing she, pastry chef? Yeah, her name is Julie Thorson, and I don't know if you know this. She's got a pretty interesting background. Okay, so she was a mechanical engineer at We what? Energies. Yeah, and there was there was a big downturn in the economy back in mm. the early two thousands, and she lost her job, and she decided, you know, I'm going to do something really fun. And I'm going to do something that necessarily is going to, you know, completely pad my 401k. I am going to culinary school and learn how to make desserts, like, from a professional, okay? So she went to La Cordon Bleu, and she took one of their culinary arts program, one of the shorter ones. Like, you yeah. can do different, you know, different yeah. lengths like of time, kind of like most schools right? have, like, certifications yeah. or something. So she like went to the location in, in um, London, and she took, the, you know, this this course or this program. It was really, it was interesting. What she would do, I guess you would spend a whole day in the kitchen. You'd make these, spend the whole day making these creations. And they'd say, okay, you can take them home with you. Well, she would go to a hotel room, and she's like, what am I going to do with these huge <laughs> desserts? So she started going to a theater that was nearby, and she would go knock on the door and the, the actors, you know, like would, wouldn't answer the door. And she's like, I, you know, I'd really like to share these with you. I really respect what you do. I'm learning how to make these. I'd like to give them to you. And so they had like this deal where she would make these desserts in her schooling, you know, her program. And then she'd bring them there and she'd get free tickets oh. to see the show. Oh. So she's always really liked entertain the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. So that's where that started. So she finished the program, came back here, and through a series of circumstances, this was back when Gary Witt was um, putting together the whole program, mm-hmm. and there was like, a, they, and they definitely have a hospitality program yeah. over there. And um, it was actually Gary's wife that interviewed her. She interviewed for a mm-hmm. job. And um, it turned into this job of pastry chef. I think that's not what she applied for in, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, right away. You know, we've talked about Kevin Sloan, who's the head chef there. Yep. So she makes the desserts. He makes all the, you know, the, the main courses. The main the courses, right. The, the savory dishes mm-hmm. um, for the musicians and their whole, like, their roadies, roadies the whole their staff. crew, yeah, that come in to perform. Mm-hmm. And she makes all the desserts. You know, I was asking questions about musicians that I really like. So yeah. what was... Rayla Montaigne, mm. like, for instance. I bet he is bland, boring food. Just no. chicken broth. She said... I'm just well, judging by his music. Yeah. Oh, come <laughs> on. What she said, though, what she said is that he was really nice, but really quiet and kept mm. to himself. He ate alone. And he came up to, like, the buffet that she had all the desserts mm. out on. And he said, you know, I don't really eat dessert, but I... Your desserts look so beautiful. I'm going to eat one tonight. (laughs) So he took one. (laughs) So she said he was really nice. He was just really quiet. Mm. He was exactly kind of like what I thought. Did she do desserts for Anthony Bourdain when he was here? I did not ask that question. I food critic. I really want to know. I'm sure she did. Okay. And she probably she's she's really starstruck by certain musicians. I wonder if she was starstruck by Anthony Bourdain. You always wonder, like a chef or a pastry chef. Yeah, that would be having like stressful cooking for somebody like Anthony Bourdain. You know, I think Eric Repair would be more stressful. Really? Yeah, he seems so. He's not the typical French guy. He seems kind of dopey. See, I don't even. Oh no, I don't think he is. But I don't think very like you would think of a French chef be more. But he seems dopey in a good way. Yeah, you know, like he he's not as uptight as the stereotype of French chefs would be. But, you know, it's it's a pretty amazing mix of, of different kinds mm-hmm. of acts. Like, they'll have, like, the Dancing with the Stars people, you know? <laughs> what about <laughs> the, they do the YouTube kids? Did they just, did they... I did not ask about the YouTube kids. The YouTube stars? See, you know what? I, now I'm realizing I should have asked you first before I interviewed Tariq. Who should I ask about? Yeah. I didn't even think about it. You, don't think of, you never think of me. I get it. You probably would have wanted me to ask about, like, Nora Jones or something like that. Yeah. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back on this Bites Milwaukee's culinary podcast and uh, we're going to get back into it. The Crossroad Collective has been very busy. I thought they had all the spots filled up. With the addition of uh, the pasta bar, pasta bar, but I guess I was wrong. Right. There's a, a final spot taken by something I truly love, and I don't get enough of it: oysters. So and not just oysters either. Not just oysters. So what's going on? There's a place called the Raw yeah. Bar taking the final spot at Crossroad Collective. Give me any details. When is going to happen? What yes. they're going to be serving? What's, what's okay? Raw Bar. They must be working fast because they're supposed to open by mid-March. And uh, the owners are t- our brothers. John Manio, who's the owner of Morel Restaurant in Walker's mm. Point. His brother, David. Uh, and um, they are believe they're going to fill a niche for this type of food. You know, if, if that's something that you really like to have. Yeah. I don't think, you know, other than like... St. Paul and Saint Harbor. St. Paul, Third Coast Provisions, Harbor House. You, have, you can go to Maxi's. <sighs> there aren't a ton of places no. where you can get a raw bar. At least not on the east side, at least by location-wise. Like yeah. East side, I don't think there's anywhere on the east no. side. To get- no, I wouldn't say. This would this would yeah. be it. So uh, so apparently he um, he's going to try to do kind of seasonally driven offerings, which makes sense. You know, seafood, a lot of seafood. You know, some of it is going to be seasonal and what's available, right? 
Um, but he uh, apparently is going to have things like king crab legs, oysters on the ha- half shell, which you mentioned, seasonal crab claws. He'll also do like a shrimp cocktail, a ceviche of the day. He's going to have an, a larger menu than that, though, with signature sandwiches like a lobster roll, mm. fresh albacore tuna melt, uh, soups such as uh, lobster bisque and clam chowder. Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Help. Yeah, the menu is not final yet, mm-hmm. but those are some of the things. And then just to kind of touch on what it's going to look like, apparently he's inspired by two films. One of them is Jaws. Which uh, is a film that actually did terrify me when I was when I was a kid. Uh, Jaws, and the other one is The Life Aquatic with Steve. I, I, was, about to, I was about to say that. That was, really? thought, like, that was my head. And like Jaws, well, and then like Life Aquatic. Is that like, like two films that like go like in there, opposite directions? With the, I mean, like there's no parallels between there, the two. Other ones? than in the, in the water. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so somehow they're they're he's gonna marry those two movies in like a certain decor look food stall look because this is a, st- a freeze a stand inside a larger you know this food hall um and make it look unique fun approachable blah 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 blah, blah. i hope there's like large inflatable <laughs> you know crustaceans or something and that's been done before yeah st paul fish market maybe he put some jaws in there or- some jaws like a giant a shark, shark. coming out mm-hmm. at you you know or maybe just Big pictures of uh, scenes from the films. Maybe, maybe he'll get Bill Murray to like make cameo, like come to. He's known to done stuff the like restaurant, that. you know, and shuck oysters and shuck oysters. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, shucking good time. So yeah, that is the uh, I believe eighth vendor. Yeah, just that space eighth, doesn't look and, like it fits. Eighth that, and final vendor in that. In that, in in the food, when the you food look at hall. that space from um, afar, you can't believe that's that many. That there are that there. many in there. Yeah. Well, it's, it it helps that they all have a kit. They work from the same, same kitchen in the back. Yeah, so it's kind of a shared space. Yeah, there. and some of them aren't the same. I mean, they're not all the same yeah. size either. You know, like mm-hmm. especially like Scratch, the ice cream place, a little tinier. Frida's a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and and it is a there is a bar with I don't I mean I couldn't say if there's more than five or six seats. Mm-hmm. If that that may even be generous yeah. on each of the on each of the stalls there. But there is a large communal dining yeah. area as okay. well. Well, that's the raw bar at Crossroads Collective, uh, expected opening in the middle of March. Next, let's talk about one of our favorite Mexican joints. Shilongo Express. God, this is making me want carnitas right now. Yes, Shilongo. The, they're really great homemade tortillas, corn tortillas. The tortillas, so all their taco fillings. They have a variety of taco fillings, everything from carnitas to cacti to this weird fungus, which is kind of related to a mushroom. I is it, it was called. little wheat la coche? Is I it? I can't that remember. One? I just I remember saying fungus on there. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing is their Sunday weekend lamb special. Oh yeah. For one low oh, price, a pound yeah. of lamb. All the kudamans, the tortillas, mm-hmm. the onion cilantro, and the broth. It's the such end. a great deal. It's so delicious. So, But speaking of Cilantro Express, while we're talking about them, they're leaving their cozy space next to a gas station in West Alice, which I love. It just, that's, you know, you hear those stories about the, you know, food critics saying somebody gets to put on the best food next restaurant that's next true. to gas station. Or just some whole, you know, lovable hole in the wall. Yeah, and the place is always packed. So they were in this next to the gas station. I think it was a Sitco. I think it was a Sitco. Oh God, I can't remember. Um, and there, they finally said, "Well, we need to expand." And I, I kind of would agree to that. 
Um, they are moving to um, a new location, 7030 West Lincoln. Their old location was 6821, so not too far from where they are. It used to be the former Sophia's Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. Yep. So they're basically tripling its seating. I think they only had seating in the old space for seven people, eight people, or something like that. No, apparently 20. 20 in there? Yeah. In that old space? I uh, Supposedly, yeah. According to other media reports. That's a, that's a tight spot for They're going to add a bar, too, Tariq. Yeah. They're going to have drinks. So I can't wait. That's They open on March 14th. The Ides of March <laughs> and um, Pi Day, which yeah. we'll get into later. Um, okay. So, Shalongo Express. So, if you haven't tried Shalongo Express, uh, uh, you got to go. It's, it's, it's so it's, good. It's one of the best in the city. Yeah. I mean, and I, I hate to get like way too preachy about this, but I'm going to get kind of preachy about this. I mean, if, if your idea of, you know, getting a taco is some unnamed place that uses, you know, commercial taco uh, or, you know, tortillas or taco shells or whatever it is. Taco and then bowls just has or, a taco bowls, you know, or the they bowls take, thing I'm done with. Or they take a bag of a unnamed cheddar-flavored corn Yeah, unnamed. And, and make it a shell. And, you know, just some throw some chicken in there that, you know, <laughs> they made two days ago or something. And it's just, you know, and then, you know, your basic salsa that has yeah. absolutely nothing interesting about it. If that's what you like, that's one thing. But, you, I mean, I'm telling you, if you go to a place like Chalango Express, you really realize... You know, this is the food that this family has, it, that's their culture. This mm. is what they, uh, this is what they're, they know to, mm. you know, make and eat. And this is very, this is part of their soul. I mean, and, and it's, so, it. and you taste it and they, they're making it, you know, with, with, you know, fresh ingredients and everything from scratch. And, you know, you'll see the mom, the mom come out with, you know what I mean? She's got like the hairnet yeah. and the apron and she's been mm. making those tortillas. I remember one time, I think they just, I don't know, maybe I'm like seeing this. I remember when they asked for the broth, she looks at me and like, looks at me down and like, she start putting extra broth. Oh, right. <laughs> she like, knows. Yeah, you're like, absolutely. So, and I love yeah. it. You, you can tell, but like, it's always packed and the hours like early in the morning, at least on the weekends, like eight to seven o'clock in the morning. And I get there like nine, 10 to get my lamb. Table a full. It's packed. Right. I just get it. To, I just get it to go. Yeah. But yeah, you got to get there early. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be waiting. So, so congratulations to Longo Express. I, I consider them an, a, a culinary institution in Milwaukee. I think. I'm excited. They're going to have haraches, which are open faced. Um, there it's like a pan fry, like a pan fried corn tortilla thicker than the tortillas that you roll mm-hmm. up the tacos in. And so you eat them with a knife and fork, but then it, it, they put all these great toppings okay. on the beans and, and, uh, <coughs> you know, chicken or any kind of kinda, you know, pork or something like that. kind of related to kind of a tostada, but like thicker. Yeah, oh, um, it's much thicker yeah. than, a, than a tostada. Okay. And it's not crunchy. It's, it's soft. soft. And, you know, cheese. And they'll just, just load it up, you know, cilantro and onion and all this mm. stuff. And it's so delicious. Wow. Uh, talking about uh, interesting food, um, unique uh, restaurants. Chard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Korean restaurant is doing very well here in uh, Milwaukee. Expanded to merge, and I think they're opening another one in the other food hall of the Great Avenue. They are, yes. Um, But we got an announcement that they're going to do something special on Sundays. Do you want to expound on that for me? Yeah. They're doing a combo style of dining where you choose a dish and a soup and then a bowl of rice and four side dishes of seasonal veggies that allow you to complement all those things that you have at your table. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it, this is a style of dining that is very traditional in a Korean yeah. home. That's the way a home meal is eaten. It's centered around that bowl of rice, yeah. that soup, um, and then the little side dishes, which are called banchan. Banchan, yeah. Banchan. I never know how to pronounce that second <laughs> syllable. Banchan. banchan. I, I love, when I go to uh, yeah. H-Mart, I, they sell banchan in big packages, so I get like this sweet squid and all the banchans and just go home and just snack on them. Yeah. Because yeah, I love that stuff. So which which uh, grocery store do you go to? H-Mart in Niles, Illinois. It's a Korean mart. Oh. The Super H-Mart. It's like the size of two pick and saves. Can you get, but can't you go to the Asian, some of the Asian markets up here and find some of those same things? Some of them, but H-Mart. H-Mart is the best. Okay. That's like if you, if you like that, if you love Korean food and you want to do some of that stuff at home, Go to H Mart. Okay. One, it's 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 an experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a whole aisle of soy sauce. Wow, ranging in price, whole aisle of miso. Right? Yeah, no, I they that ha- I would. They love. have I love a little. Miso. They have a little food court. Yeah, yeah. And you see people making kimchi fresh. It's it's, and there's demos with people like ladies with a little microphone, like Britney Spears microphone, telling you to come get the food. It's it's it's. Oh wow, we got to do that road trip there yeah, it's, down it's, there, and it's right next do you to think King Spa. Bites- this bites could do a road trip. Yeah, we should do like a little revisit re- of uh, review of H Mart and what to get at H Mart. I mean, like we could go in with a with some kind of camera. Nobody would pay yeah. attention. I be did like, it before. Yeah, that chick right there. We yeah. don't know who she is. No. Yeah, like if you haven't gotten H Mart, it, it, it is an experience. Let's it's, think um, about that. Okay, so let me finish up yeah. what they what the whole purpose of this is. I mean, it's it's cert- partly to educate people and you know kind of spread the word about you know what is. Sort of an authentic traditional Korean yeah, style of dining. Yeah, yeah. it's more than barbecue. But it's also it kind of shows you how in a traditional Korean meal you want to have these different um, taste sensations: sweet, sour, spicy, mm-hmm. bitter, salty. All in that, all you know, reflected in all these dishes on the table, and also different colors. That's yeah. really important too. So you've got green, yellow, red, white, black. So there's this aesthetically, mm-hmm. it's that's really important yeah. too. Um, so uh, I don't know exactly what the menu is going to be this Sunday because this Sunday is the, the first time they're going to be serving this. But um, it's going to be fairly compact. The main dish options are going to be, they're going to be four to five options. And they could range from spicy squid um, to the beef bulgogi or the bibimbaps or the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, the soups could be like a soft tofu mm-hmm. stew, Korean miso soup. Galbi tang. Galbi tang. Is, is my favorite soup. My, I have... As some people I've said, I, my goddaughter's Korean. Now she's in college. Oh my god, I can't believe she's in college. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> um, so I grew up middle school. I met him. Um, invited him in the house. So I've I've eaten Korean food since like you know the late eighties. So, so early 90s. explain so, for people that don't know what is galbi tang. Galbi tang. First time I like he's like you gotta have this. Um, it's it's short rib stew. Yeah, not soup stew soup. So it's basically it's very simple dish to make. Um, it's basically you take short ribs. You got to here's the key: how you get your clean broth. You, they scrub the short ribs, oh. or like clean all the stuff, soak it in there, yeah. scrub it off, clean it, and then when you put it in, soaks in. You get this nice, very clear broth. Then it's an onion, and then there's a Korean radish. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. the extent of the soup. That's it. Then you can put some people after you. You can dress it up later, put some like uh, Korean chili powder, soy sauce, sesame oil to dress it up later uh-huh. after it. But that's interesting. That's it. And it's, oh yeah, the, uh, the sweet potato noodles. 
as well goes in there. Okay, all well. right. Well, galbi tang is one of the uh, soups that they might have, and they also uh, have uh, army soup, which goes by this Korean name. Like I do not. I don't well, like you know soup. what is in that? It's like yeah. spam and baked beans hot and dogs. sausages, hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. You I've know, it. but it is. A th- I get it. I get the history yeah. behind it. it why the, is that? Uh huh. Um, I've had it. Hot dogs and spam. I know. I don't. It's not my no, cup of tea. The I, broth. Not, the broth is kick ass. Broth yeah. is great, but okay. just. Bite into have a soup with that in it, just not so much. Well, it sounds like also that the menu is kind of uh, sort of uh, set up so that two people, you know, can Mm. easily order and Mm. and share, I Mm -hmm. I guess, the style of dining. So it starts this Sunday. That's March 10th. So uh, is March 10th this Sunday? Yeah. Oh, it is. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So, uh, but anyway, I I just think that sounds really kind of fun. Cool. Kind of little Korean comfort food. And really yummy. And I love the idea of having all these different yeah. dishes and different flavors and colors mm-hmm. and everything. And you're kind of learning. Yeah. I mean, you're learning a lot about Korean, how to, how to eat. Yeah. In a- and, what, and, and I remember uh, Roy Choi in, in, um, in L.A. basically said basic Korean barbecue is a gateway to their to, cuisine. Yeah. Like, most cuisines have that gateway kind of thing to get you in. You know, Mexican, of course, is tacos, kind yeah. of the gateway. Japanese is sushi. So but what? So what are you saying is the gateway in Korean cuisine? Barbecue. Oh, the barbecue. Americans. Oh, yeah, Korean yeah, barbecue yeah, yeah. Has been the gateway into Korean cuisine. That was Roy Choi, who's a chef, entrepreneur out in L.A. Kind of was describing that on uh, I think it was the Anthony Bourdain show. But if you think about it, like most cuisines have that thing to get you in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I assume Italians probably have lasagna or spaghetti and realizes a whole breadth of amazing Italian cuisine. So the, and and this to me, you know, I I like Korean barbecue, but this is more intriguing mm-hmm. to me. So yeah. I'm yeah, excited I, I, about this. March fourteenth is uh, also known as Ides of March. No, Ides of March, right? Sure. Julius Caesar, Ides of March. Yes. Brutus. But also, Brutus. more importantly, is A2 known Brutus. as yeah, Atul Brutus. Yeah, I took Latin. I know you did. Um, it's also known as three point one four day. Or better known as Pi Day, mm-hmm. and there's things going on on Pi Day. So Pi Day, but it's also Pie Day. I have a couple of things, and you're going to see. I'm sure you're going to see promotions for pies that are pizza pies. Mm. But I'm talking specifically about sweet pastries, pastries. sweet pastries. But uh, so here's a couple of interesting things. Um, if you heard of Hatched, Hatched is this. Uh, Milwaukee, it's just this woman, uh, this baker who um, operates under, under the name Hatched. She bakes, she started out baking hand pies. And the hand pies were available uh, or have been available at Pilcrow Coffee, which is on King Drive, and also at Birch and Butcher. She uh, has expanded her offerings, though, and she does, she does full-size pies. She does pie fries. Uh, she does franken-pies. I'll explain to you what that is. But so on pie day... She's doing a special event at Pilcrow from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um, Pilcrow is going to be, you know, have their full espresso bar and nitro tappers. And um, this woman is going to have all these different kinds of pie. And I can tell you a little bit more about these pies, but I would highly recommend that you order ahead of time to Mm -hmm. make sure that she actually still has them. So um, she does things like blueberry lemon meringue. She has a Fruity Pebbles pie. Yeah, Fruity Pebbles pie. Guinness chocolate, honey matcha custard, classic apple, classic cherry. The Franken pie is like if you order a whole pie 
And the, each quarter, so it's in it's four quarters, flavor. it's a different flavor, exactly. And you can choose your flavor, the four right. flavors. She does hand pie, the little hand pies, um, which are delicious. You can, I, oh, they're, she does these really good ones that yeah. you can get at Birch and Butcher. Thanks for bringing some in. Yeah, well, and you're welcome, Tree. She also does pie <laughs> fries, which are really like pieces of deep fried dough. Oh. Um, but So that's a really fun event um, that you can go to at Pilcrow. Uh, also, if you want to support an organization, which uh, in this case is called No Kid Hungry, uh, you can go to the bake sale that is uh, taking place at Trey Rivoli, uh, which is the, the restaurant inside the Kimpton Journeyman Hotel. So in celebration of Pie Day, uh, they're donating 100% of the proceeds of these pies to Chef Cycle No Kid Hungry, which is that endurance event. It's when okay. chefs are riding their bikes for like millions of miles, essentially, <laughs> um, to help end child hunger in America. Um, but they've got uh, like about five different pie flavors. Uh, S'mores pie, a dark chocolate cream pie, strawberry rhubarb lattice pie, blueberry crumb pie, and a lemon icebox pie. They all sound great. Um, again, you know, you can probably order your pie in advance uh, and, and pick it up right at at Trey Rivoli, but uh, it just makes me want to make some pie. Oh, so get my Crisco out. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Crisco well, and butter together. My mom is. I like to use both. I think my mom does both. Yeah. But I know she's Crisco. She's, she loves Crisco. Crisco is good stuff, man. I use it to season my I, um, in, in, in certain, cast iron. In certain applications, it works really. If, oh, if, that's a great way to it's use best, it. It's best. Like if you're seasoning, keep Excuse your pan uh, iron. Cast iron pan seasoning Crisco is the best thing for it. Is that right? Actually, I'm really glad to know that because I just got some. Like I'm, I'm just saying that because my mom cast used it, off and my mom's an expert uh, in cast iron genius. pans. Is that what that's that's what she says to season it with? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I listen to my mom. She's always right. Let's listen to you know Mrs. Moody. Oh, speaking of honey pie, they yeah. are doing something. Yeah, but isn't it a fun run or something? So they're doing a pie day fun run with Brooks Brookfield Pro. Um, so the details celebrate mass, constant, and tasty desserts with Pro's Pie Day Fun Run with Brooks Running and Honey Pie Cafe. Come test out the, the Adrenaline GT. I don't know what that is. It's a shoe. Oh, it's a shoe. So they're talking about shoes. And then you run them you, then on a 3.14 mile route through Brookfield. And uh, let's hope that these um, snowbanks have melted. And I assume after the run, there are going to be some pies. Yeah, you know, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by I this. I skipped the run. Yeah, yeah, I know you would. But have you noticed, and I used to do fun runs and runs like that. I, I don't do that anymore. But I, this is a new thing for me, like this whole idea of at the end of the run, you drink a lot of beer and you eat something like pie or, I don't know, cheese curds. You or, lose a lot of carbo. Uh, I don't think you eat. I just, but you're fine. But at the end of the run, the la I mean, it's not like you're going to be able to rehydrate with a beer. That I mean, no. alcohol dehydrates you. But it's it's just, carbohydrates in beer. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, and you're replacing like, carbohydrates, right? And I mean, like, at, usually at runs, they'll you'll like, especially if it's in the morning, you get they give you bananas or mm. bagels or. But some of those beer runs, something. you're drinking, you having a beer every mile or every. That just sounds horrible to me. Have you ever? I done don't it? even know. I, what have you done it? No, so. but okay. A, I don't really like beer. We've talked about this, and B, I have to tell you, and this has been a problem for me as a, I've run for since I was in college. I, I'm not great at hydrating during a run. Like, I can't really swallow much fluid. I know so, if they're if it's a long run, I need to. But so, it's like, you can't. I can't get a beer down while in the middle of a run. Are you kidding me? Have you tried? 
Uh, well, no, I have not tried, but I don't, I don't, I can do goo. You know what goo is? Doesn't sound good. What is it? It's a, it's a carbohydrate. It's a goo that it, the carbohydrate and goo form sweet. It's goo? Like, it's like goo, thick? It's goo. And it, it's something that picks up and gives you energy. So it's, 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 you know, it's pure sugar and carbohydrate and you kind of rip it open while you're running and you kind of suck on it and can swallow it. Cause I literally, I think I'm always afraid if I'm running and I drink something, I'm going to choke. Oh. And fall down. That sounds and like die. I'd rather have an IPA while I run. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Trust me. I, I think you would think again if you were if you were out of <laughs> if breath. If I ran. And, yeah. Let's emphasize that. Um, okay, but but let's let's make it known here that if you go to Small Pie or Honey Pie, which those are sister restaurants, mm-hmm. you could just get a piece of pie. Uh, finally, to close out uh, this week's edition of This Bites, there's a fermentation dinner. Fermentation is all the rage. It's great for your digestion. People pickling and it's like mm-hmm. beers. It's, all, it's, it's everywhere. It, and it's it's trendy, which yeah. is almost kind of infuriating. Yeah. You know, I like mean, it's trendy. it's it's a thing that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, consider we talked about Korean food kimchi. Yeah. How long has kimchi yeah. been around? But there's a fermentation dinner celebrating yeah. all things fermented. Yes, this ferment. Where is this? When fermentation. Is this? It's a vegetarian four course fermentation dinner at Bray's okay. restaurant in Walker's Point, and uh, it is on um, the date is da 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 March 21st. That's a Thursday, and the four courses are. And brace yourself for this tree because I think there's some stuff on here you'd really like. Okay, course number one, coffee kombucha glazed carrots, coconut kefir, roasted peanuts, and baby kale. Okay, I I don't know if that whole thing is something you eat with a spoon or if you drink it. I'm guessing you have to, I don't know, you probably have to eat it with a spoon. Okay, course number two, spent grain cantaloni, braised rutabaga and mushroom, House Chev and Oaked Apply Vinaigrette. Okay. What was the last vinaigrette? What kind of vinaigrette? Oaked Apply. What's Oaked Apply? I think there's something fermented in that vinaigrette. I I can maybe speak more uh, eloquently about that after I explain (laughs) the rest of these courses. Maybe not, though. Okay, course number three. Uh, Seo Koji fried celery root or Koji rub. So there's meat. Yeah. So it's koji rub beef ribeye. Yes. And I'm pretty sure, Ko- as I said before, I'm a fan of sake, and I think koji is involved in the sake making process. Yeah, okay. That gets sake fermented or something? I can't remember. Then there's carrot kimchi and black garlic aioli. Course four, which looks like a dessert. Peach kvass cake and lacto fermented honey and brewer's mash granola. That sounds really good to me. So yeah. wait. What? Oh, they do have a, okay, so it's a vegetarian dinner, but you can upgrade, an animal upgrade. <laughs> like that Oh, well, right. I mean, that one course gives you a choice of yeah. one that is vegetarian okay. or you can have beef. Yeah. I just like how it says animal upgrade. Yeah, you know. Not meat upgrade. You can or, just upgrade your I animal. Just, I just like how it says, you know, instead of meat upgrade, it's like animal upgrade. Um, I think this just shows. Did you talk about the cocktail? You did talk the, about the, the cocktail. Two, I did not. Can you talk about the cocktail? So the cocktail optional fermented beverages pairings are to be announced, but may include kombucha, yeah, beer, wine, that makes and, sense. and a house fermented cocktail. Have you had? Um, I do like kombucha. I've developed a taste for it. I, I don't. Oh, I might really? as well drink white vinegar. I, I mean, I don't uh, like all of the ones that I've tried. I had but, one, and I was just in there like, 
why would I, what, what, why did I just pay this much money for something that's just this awful? It was gross. You know, I've had, I've had some decent ones, yeah. but I also think it's such a racket that the bottled ones that are in the store are just like, so stupidly expensive. Oh God, yes. And especially I get a since, bottle of like a good beer for less price. Well, and I have a friend who like always has yeast and scoby around, and scoby is something you need to yeah. be able to you know. It's a to weird make, looking. Thing yeah, now. she's like, I'll just give you a scoby. You can just make this stuff. You know, don't even buy this. You know, and you know, like buy the bottled versions. It's really you know, just mm-hmm. it's not not economical. And I I know what she's saying. So I don't really make a point of of ordering it very often. But so like, you make your own. I have not oh. yet, but I kind of want to. Strange Towns have been really good. Like good? they have some good kombucha in the summertime, really yeah. refreshing. But and then, that's, they have a, then they have like a vinegary flavor. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the ones, I, I especially like it if they're ginger. Is there, There's ginger okay. in it as some kind of a dominant flavor um, because it's a little spicy and okay. it just has that. And also there's some kombuchas that are a little more still, but I really like the ones that are kind of fizzy. Okay. I only had one, and I was like, "This is awful. I'm not doing this again." I remember the first one I had. I was like, "There's no way I'm drinking another." And one I wanted of these. my money back so badly. <laughs> really? They've got. I think they've gotten a lot better. Okay. But I would really, you know, I would be careful if, like, you went to somebody's farm and you're, they're like, "Hey, we just made this kombucha. Have some." I mean, I would just, you know, make sure that you know you Little knew one sniff where you where you know who who the source of this kombucha is. <laughs> Just to get, just to be to get safe. your Scooby from? Just to be safe. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think this is kind of interesting. You know, we talk every year about the fermentation fest. Yeah. And it's like a conference. It's like, it's like a commune, yeah. isn't it? Like it's kind crazy. of a cult. It's like over <laughs> no. 200 classes and stuff. And It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's out at some nature center, isn't like, it? Like North or, uh, of Madison or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, well, this is, I got to say though, this is... Uh, I, this is one of the few fermentation dinners I've seen here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that's a common sort of dinner. You know, we see a lot of beer you know, dinners and wine dinners, but not to is, be, not to sound yeah. like silly. There was no pickles. I I, I know, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. I think it's like at the end of that second course, they could have just said and a dill pickle. <laughs> maybe he was just trying to. Maybe they're just trying to avoid the typical. The main, yeah, the mainstream type of yeah, yeah. So, if it just, it's just it's man, too bad. Where's the pickles, man? Right. Every time I think of pickles, I remember that 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 swan, classic pickle, the guy. The oh pelican. yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. As a kid, I love pickles. Okay, Tariq. What else? <clears throat> we don't really have anything else to talk That's about. That's it. That's we it for this. On about this was it for this pickling. week's edition of this. Gobby tongue. I Galbitang. want that to be my new nickname. Gobby tongue. Yeah. All right, Gobby tongue. <laughs> You do look like a gobby tongue. I know. <laughs> and I think tongue means soup. That's what it is. Okay. Galbi well, we know beef. what galby means. Beef. Yeah. Um, well, that's Despites. Despites is produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance. When Look- is Kenny, I'm sorry, but when is Kenny going to make our shirts? I've Kenny? decided that Kenny's going to be the one that has to do it. I don't know. Okay. Sorry, Kenny. All right. And support from Society Insurance and, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your your, your podcasts. We're going to somehow arrange it so that you could pick up yourself. Like, it'll just start ringing, and you'll answer your cell phone, and it's going to be This Bites. Wouldn't that be freaky? Well, we're hopefully going to be Like a on- robocall, yeah. like a This Bites robocall. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I kind of like
like that. Have a good weekend, Anne. Okay, you too. Bye.